If you have your Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 6. I'll be reading in a moment um, from verses 1 through 11, but we'll really focus on verses 3 through 4. So if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 6, we'll start with verse 1. And I feel kind of privileged. I'm the, I'm the first, if I, if I have this right, I'm the first non-Rob to be up on, on the ledge here. And I didn't know if that would be like a seniority thing since, you know, I was installed like two weeks ago if I would have to preach from the ground and like earn my way up. Um, so I feel privileged to, to bring God's word to you this morning. It is, it is so good to be together, to be reminded of his goodness as we've sung, to be reminded of God's great love for us as we read from Ephesians, and then as we, again, are reminded, what has Christ done for us? What are we who follow Jesus that are in him? What are we experiencing um, as we are in Christ? So again, we'll be in Romans 6 seeing, um, for those of us who follow Jesus, reminders of who we were, who we are, and how we're supposed to walk. And if you're our guest today and you're here to celebrate with a family member, a friend, and you don't know what this following Jesus thing is all about, I hope that as we look at God's word together that you would see that there is a great God who has deeply shown us his love by sending his son Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would live with him forever. So I, I, I hope that we as believers are encouraged and spurred on to walk in newness of life today. And I hope if you're a guest today that you would, you would hear this as good news that even though we are dead in our trespasses and sins, God has made a way for us to be alive with Christ. Let's pray before we read God's word together. God, we thank you that you indeed have shown us great love in Jesus. We thank you for new life that you have given. We thank you that you have allowed us on this day to come together to celebrate with several families, to be reminded of the good news of the gospel. So we pray that you would let us not tune out to something that is familiar, that we would consider your word and we would consider what baptism is supposed to remind us of. So we, we ask for these few moments that you would help us, that you would encourage us in our faith, that you would build us up, and that you would change us. Holy Spirit, we need your help. No words that I would say on my own can accomplish anything, but we ask that you would bless the preaching of your holy word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. So in a little bit, when we are witnessing the baptisms of these five followers of Jesus, they'll be professing their faith and their trust that their only hope in life and in death is Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. They'll be saying that they're trusting in him alone and that they believe they will be delivered from all of God's wrath and are accepted as his beloved child. This is incredible truth, that we are accepted at God's beloved children. Those who deserve wrath have been shown great mercy. And all of us will be privileged to witness these moments. And we're so glad that you're here to do that if you're a guest today. But we don't want to miss some of the rich truths that we just read about by just enjoying a celebratory moment. There's so much more that baptism is meant to be for those who are baptized and the church who witnesses it. So if you're here to support a friend and are unsure about what we're talking about, we hope the next few minutes will be helpful. But most importantly, I hope that the faith demonstrated and the testimonies that are shared by those who are baptized cause you to consider whether you should follow Jesus too. So what is baptism? Baptism is a picture of what is true spiritually for those who follow Jesus. Baptism is a picture of what is true spiritually for those who follow Jesus. Again, we see here in Romans 6, verses 3 through 4, that it's an identification with Jesus in these things. Verses 3 through 4 read, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, too, might walk in newness of life. So there's an identification. We who are disciples or followers of Jesus are in Christ. And we're in Christ and identify with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, as we see here in Romans 6. And then in Colossians 2, verses 11 through 14, we see Paul also writing very similar things about identifying with Christ through baptism. So baptism is a picture. So why do we baptize people? Well, the main reason is in Matthew 28, as Jesus is talking to his disciples before he ascends into heaven, he gives them a command. He commissions them and tells them to make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them all that he has commanded them. So why do we baptize people as followers of Jesus? It's because he has commanded us to do so. So here in particular, in keeping with the picture given in Romans 6 and other physical examples we see in the New Testament, we believe that baptism should be performed by immersion to fully show this picture. 
So that tank right there is full of water. So if you have come from another background or church and maybe showed up expecting like a little font that we might sprinkle people with, this might be surprising to you. Um, it's not for, for a pool party, but it is to picture this death and burial going down into the water and raising up just as Jesus did in newness of life. We see baptism as a beautiful picture of this spiritual reality. So again, the picture of baptisms is pointing to spiritual truths. So we're going to look at at the three kind of phrases here in Romans 6, 3, and 4 to, to focus in on these pictures. First, we see that we are buried by baptism into his death. As followers of Jesus, we believe that Christ died for us. And in baptism, there is a picture of what Scripture calls dying to ourselves in Luke 14. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 20, we see Paul writing to the church in Corinth that the old has passed away. Following Jesus means that we as his disciples can't be who we once were. Choosing to follow Jesus isn't a decision to be taken lightly. There's cost there's sacrifice, there's a dying to oneself of our old ways. So when we follow Jesus, we are identifying with him in his death as we lay down our former lives to follow him. We're also acknowledging Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for, for us, that his death paid for our sins, that his death, while costly to him, was worth it as he showed great love and mercy and grace to his beloved sons and daughters. So we see that we are buried by baptism into his death. So this dying to self is something that cost us. We are to be changed people. We aren't to be like we once were, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. We also see that we are buried with him. So in chapter 6, verse 4, we are buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. So we see in verse 3, talking about death, and again, death here, but tying it to burial. Baptism by immersion is a great picture of being buried. So I was thinking about this earlier this week, um, I'm glad that the way of baptism isn't like actually being covered in dirt because that wouldn't be too helpful. I'm glad that I don't have to be locked in a tomb for three days like Jesus was. Although during, during this pandemic, that might be like a good thing for some people. Um, that might be the way to quarantine, I guess. Um, but I'm guessing there wasn't good cell service um, in the tomb. So if we had to be buried like Jesus was in a tomb, that wouldn't be an awesome picture. But this picture of being in the water, not only showing this, but as we see in other parts of Scripture, showing the washing away of our sins in the water. That's not what's physically happening at the moment. This is a picture again, but it is a great picture of being buried with him. So someone goes under the waters of baptism and it's symbolizing our union with Jesus in his burial. Just as Christ was buried after his death on the cross, so too are we 
united with him in his burial symbolically. And then we are identifying being raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. As someone comes up from the waters of baptism, the reality that we have been raised with Christ is being pictured. As we read the Bible with our kids, in our house especially, um, when they're pretty young, we don't focus on the fact that Jesus only died on the cross for our sins, but we teach the good news that Jesus didn't stay dead. So especially when our kids are younger, when we're asking all the questions after, after what we've read and we're tying it to the good news of the gospel, um, when our kids are really young and just starting to be able to interact, we kind of have a default end of, end of dinner question for the youngest kid. So we say, did Jesus stay dead? And then usually Avery or Landon will say, no, he rose again. So this picture of Christ being raised from the dead shows the hope we have in the gospel. That yes, while Jesus died on the cross for us and was buried, he did not stay dead. There is great hope as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, the same spirit that was at work in him is the same spirit that raises up us who are spiritually dead. So as someone comes up from these waters of baptism, that reality is being pictured. There is new life in Christ. We are no longer dead. And as Jesus describes to Nicodemus in John 3, followers of Jesus must be born again, must come alive again. And we are alive, those of us who were once dead. We see in Ephesians 2 that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. And we walked in them, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. And the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So even though we were dead, we are now alive because God, being rich in love and being rich in his mercy, has caused us to be born again. There is new life in Christ. This is glorious. This is amazing. And this can be true for you. The fact that Jesus rose again shows his power over death and the devil. It's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, which echoes Hosea 13, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Because Jesus has risen, we who were once dead have hope because we are made alive again with him. This picture is what the disciples of Jesus believe. It is our hope that Jesus' perfect life and sacrificial death count for us. And because of that, we join him in his resurrection as he told us. This is our hope. It is why we can rejoice when fellow brothers and sisters pass on. It is why we do not need to fear sickness and death on this earth. And it is why by the help of the Holy Spirit, we can walk and newness of life, as Paul calls us to do. So to wrap up for us, for those of us who have followed 
identified with Jesus and are following him as his disciples, what should we take away from today? That as we celebrate with our sisters who are being baptized, it is not just a celebration, but we ought to remember who we were. We ought to remember who we were, that we too were dead in our trespasses, as Colossians 2 and Ephesians 2 tell us. That the bleak outlook on life that we experienced before encountering Jesus and being told the good news of the gospel, we need to remember who we were. Next, we need to remember who you are, who we are. We have been born again. We need to remember that death holds no claim on us anymore. We are one with Christ. As we read further in Romans 6, that um, we are raised with him. The life he lived, he lives to God. So we must also consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. We are alive. This is good news. We who were dead following the prince of the power of the air, following our passions in our flesh, we are alive. So remember that you are a chosen son and daughter, that you have been given the great gift of the Holy Spirit to empower you to follow and walk in this newness of life, that the Spirit gives us gifts to serve one another and to go out on mission with the gospel. You are an ambassador of Jesus. So herald the good news that you have experienced to everyone you know. So we need to remember who we were dead in our sin, remember who we are in Christ, following him as we are born again, empowered by the Spirit to remember to walk in a new way. So just because we follow Jesus, just because we proclaim that we trust only in his life, death, and resurrection as our only hope, we still encounter a war within ourselves between the spirit and the flesh. So you may be working through a difficult time in your walk with Jesus. You may be working through the struggle between the flesh and the spirit, whether you should walk in the way that is so natural and comfortable to you. But Paul calls the church in Rome and calls us to remember to walk in newness of life. Because we have been born again in Christ, we need to act like it. It is hard as the flesh still battles within us, but we need to walk by the Spirit so as not to gratify the desires of the flesh, as we see in Galatians 5. We need to walk in the good works that God has prepared before us. We need to worship him instead of profaning his name as we once did. We need to love others instead of loving ourselves only. And we need to follow Jesus' example of humble service and his love of God. We need to remember to walk in a new way. So that's for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Remember who you were, dead in your trespasses and sins, that you died a death in Christ but you were buried with him, but you have been raised to new life. You were born again. Remember who you are in Christ. And then walk in that remembering. Remember to walk in a new way. And if you're here 
not understanding or not trusting in Jesus, I would call you to believe. Jesus says that whoever calls to him shall not perish but will have eternal life. That his life, death, and resurrection are enough to make you right with God, our creator. That we, because of our sins, we're dead like we've talked about. That the wages of our sins is death. That's the punishment we deserve. But Christ took upon himself that punishment. And that those who call out to him for salvation and trust in him alone, through that faith, they are saved. For by grace you will be saved through faith. And it will be not of anything you can do. If you are not a follower of Jesus, don't try to work yourself into a right standing with God. It will be a fruitless effort. Trust in Christ's work, not in your own. It is your only hope. And it is such good news because something that we could never do ourselves is freely given to us who call out to him to save us. So if you're here today here to celebrate with friends or family, here as a neighbor visiting us as we meet outside in our back parking lot. I ask you to talk with one of us after we close our service. We would love to introduce you to Jesus if you don't know him. We'd love to work through any questions you have or doubts you may have about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. We would love to have those conversations with you. So as we close here in prayer, I implore you to remember who you were dead in your trespasses. Remember who you are alive with Christ as a follower of Jesus. And going forward to remember to walk in the newness of life that we are called to walk in. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you indeed have called us out of our sin and into your Son. We are so grateful for the opportunity to celebrate with five sisters in Christ today. We pray that you would bless them and their obedience to you to be baptized. That those who will be sharing a testimony of your goodness to them would be encouraged as they recount it. And that we, your church, would be encouraged as well. God, we ask that you would cause many to be born again, that you would help us to herald this good news, to proclaim it wherever we are. God, we need your help to live in newness of life as you called us to do. Would you help us by your Holy Spirit to walk as Jesus walked, to follow his example of living humble lives in service to others and in love of you. God, this is not who we are by nature, but it's who you have caused us to be. So God, as we, as we prepare to baptize now, would you bring your blessing upon us? Would you build up your church? Would you remind us of your faithfulness to us? And would you help us to long for our unification, our full unification with you when you come back? It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.